Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. James Baldwin. Greetings, Barrier Breakers. Join me each week on the Road to Equity, where we discover and explore human interaction and connection. Let's identify roadblocks and barriers, implement solutions and strategies to inspire results. It is an eye on equity as we navigate life filled with detours and pit stops meant to challenge us and show us a piece of who we are. I firmly believe that through shared experiences, lessons, and laughter, we can begin to change the world. So if you will, join me and buckle up for courageous conversations and insights to help change the narrative and close the gap on the road to equity. Right. Greetings, Barrier Breakers. I'm here today with Miss Cook. She is a high school teacher here in Central Texas, and I'm going to go ahead and have you introduce yourself to the Barrier Breakers out there listening. Hi, Karen. My name is Keena Cook, and I am in my ninth year of teaching history at Colleen High School. This is a second career for me. I, I was in the corporate world for the majority of my career. Um, but you know, it wasn't soul filling. So um, I decided to pursue education and become a teacher. I was born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> um, I have lived other places. I've lived in New Jersey. I lived in North Carolina for about three years, but New Orleans is home. But what is funny is I've actually been here in the Colleen area longer than any other place I've ever lived, believe it or not. So um, this area has become home for us. And um, we grew to love it. I mean, you know, it, there's a big difference between New Orleans and Colleen, but um, there's some good things about being here, especially when you have children. So um, I, when we moved here, my husband was in the military. That's what brought us to the Colleen Fort Hood area, which is bring, what brings most people here. Um, but I decided to pursue education after realizing it was difficult to get a job in the field that I was working. And um, we were supposed to leave the area to go to Fort Leonard Wood before the Iraqi war broke out. And that's what stabilized us. So we ended up staying here. I have not had the typical military wife experience. I've lived here the entirety of my husband's career since we got married. Um, so we've been here in Colleen for about 21 years. And uh, once he left, I left the job where I was working in human resources at Metroplex Hospital. And I decided to stay home with my son. And that gave me the opportunity to pursue my degree. Um, and eventually I finished. <laughs> it took some time, but I finished. But what really, what really drew me to education was I started to volunteer at his school, my oldest son's school. And every time I went there, I just had this feeling of excitement, something I really couldn't explain. And I really enjoyed being around the kids. I enjoyed seeing them learn. And I realized that this is where I needed to be. So that's what got me into education. Awesome. And now you teach at the high school, social studies. Um, you've taught, I know, US history. I think you've taught everything under everything. The only thing I haven't taught, <laughs> the only thing I haven't taught in the social studies genre is um, economics uh, and government, which is funny because my degree is in political science. <laughs> How <laughs> we met, we met in class pursuing our degrees. But yes, so I've taught psychology, sociology, world history, 
U.S. history. I haven't taught geography either. But uh, yeah, so right now I am the IB coordinator for Colleen High School. I teach the IB history class. And this year, for the first time in our district, we are teaching the African-American studies course, which has given me so much life. I am so excited about this class. Yes, and that's something we want to kind of dive into a conversation today. Um, like you said, it is the first year that this was offered to students. I know there's been some talks and conversations behind the scenes on providing um, an African-American histories course for so many reasons. Um, and that's something we'll chat about today. But as we, as we kind of look and you have started teaching this course, what are some lessons and share with us three lessons that you've kind of gleaned from teaching African-American histories course to high school students? So um, I think what I've learned the most is that students are hungry for this information. They are really hungry. They are so curious about why things happen. And, you know, typically when you teach a history class, it's difficult to get kids to be really engaged and um, to take interest in it because they're like, this stuff happened a long time ago. Why should I care about that? <laughs> because they're, they don't see themselves represented in the curriculum oftentimes, some of our students. And even the ones who are more represented just feel like, okay, it's just a, a tick on, the, on the, the book for me to graduate, right? I've taught AP US history, I've taught IB history. And what I've noticed is teaching this class, kids lean in a little bit more because it's something that they have not heard before, something that's new to them and something that gives them a completely different perspective on what they've learned their whole lives. So. I think for me, the aha moment comes when I see them relate the history to their lives. The, that was one of the aha moments, it's how hungry the students were for the information. Um, I've also been really excited about what some of them do know because they've engaged with history with their families. And so they are actually having more conversations at home about the things that we talk about. And lastly, I have students who are in more than one history class. So some of my students are sophomores, some of them are juniors, and so they're taking world and US history. And so what they're finding is, what we're talking about in class is enhancing their abilities to understand what's happening in those other history classes. And they're able to offer the other students a different perspective based on what they're learning. Wow, yeah. And I think too, it's a course for all students to take, to learn is. about history. And I think um, that's something that we sometimes, uh, or people from the outside or on the surface level think that, you know, this is just for African-American students to learn, but it's a, another understanding of history um, because sometimes it's not written in a way from uh, different perspectives, right? We know historians sometimes write and it's generally um, kind of a way to digest it to where certain people feel comfortable. But sometimes we have to acknowledge the past, confront what happened in the past so that we learn, we understand who we are, our ident identities, um, so that when we go out in the world, we know where we came from, we can use those tools to leverage them and understand and move forward. Absolutely. 
And I said this before, I truly believe that what any nation values is present in its educational curriculum. Mm. So what are we teaching our children? If we teach our children everything about our country, the good, the bad, um, the successes, the failures, Unfortunately, there are some who think when we teach those things that we're teaching kids to hate America, that is so true, untrue. Um, it's, a fall, it's a fallacy to say that we're teaching kids to hate America. We're teaching kids to understand the triumphs that we've made, that we've made mistakes, and that what have we done as a nation to overcome those mistakes? And yeah, we still have a little ways to go. You know, we, we're, we're moving towards a more perfect union. That's part of the Constitution. To, in order to form a more, poor, more perfect union. How do we do that? So we have to repair some of those mistakes that we've made. And this country has always been diverse. And the fact that we use our diversity as a strength and, rather than a weakness is what actually can keep us and move us forward and progress us into the next thing. And so I hope that as this class grows, as more students engage and enroll into class that it's not just the black students, because yes, I want them to know the rich and robust history of their ancestry, but I also want our non-melanated students <laughs> to understand that it's more than just great white man history. That, you know, how do you understand your friends? You know, how do you understand what their people went through? How do you understand their place in America if you don't know what they're, what, they've contributed to America. And I think that them being a part of that learning will help build a lot of bridges. Mm -hmm. And we'll see a lot less of the division that we see today in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think too, understanding um, the story of America that we all have a part in that. You know, I think so many students um, sometimes don't see the value in education because they don't see themselves represented um, or understand how this is connected to them. And so right. through the course, you start understanding that they are part of a larger fabric of America that makes up America that tells a larger story. And they have, they're a part of that, you know, and, yes. and it's relevant to who they are. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it informs who they are. Imagine if we had this information when we were growing up. I, and I have learned more about Black history in the last two years than I learned in the entirety of my educational experience. And that's sad to say, but I am encouraged by that. You know, it's unfortunate that we've had all of this turmoil in the country that had to create this turning point. But now that we have this turning point, uh, it, we have to build on that. And so we have so many resources out there for people to engage in, to read, we are now, especially where it comes to history, historians, the Academy for Histori Historiography has grown to include those voices that they've once kept out. And so you have authors whose work is now being recognized in the, in the discourse. And so we have to look at those things. We have to read, we have to listen to podcasts. We have to engage with all of our history and not just even black history, our Latino history, our, our Asian history. Um, there are so many people who have come from other lands to make us who we are. Yeah, and we haven't always done right by them, 
but they have always contributed to the country and they still love the country. So we have to honor that. Absolutely. And I, I like what you said, it's creating more conversations at home um, for students. Cause I think I, I did a podcast a couple weeks ago and one of the things uh, she challenged listeners was to speak to your elders, speak to, you know, gain the history, understand where people came from. Because um, even I was talking to my mom a couple of weeks ago and she was telling me she was in this, um, this one act, well, it was a two person play in Beaumont, but it was about racism back in like the sixties. And she was like, yeah, I was the little girl who had to ask, like, why don't people want us to go to school with them? Why don't other students? But I was like, oh my gosh, you never told me that, like that you were, right. you know, but it's having this conversation, especially with everything happening in the world today, students need an outlet to process. Um, just like we're experiencing, you know, social unrest, racism, discrimination here's a way to understand maybe the foundation of where that started occurring, the breakdown of our system, the fractures right. in America, so that yeah. we can start to repair and rebuild. Well, that's part of the reason why I love this class so much. It's given me so much freedom to do things that are non-traditional in teaching because there's no test at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's the truth. And so what I've noticed is like one of the things that we've done we have guest speakers come in and talk about their lived experiences. And one of those people was Miss Connie Crittenden. She's our gear up coordinator. She's a wonderful human being. You probably know Miss Connie. And she shared her experiences growing up in North Carolina. Now she is in her early fifties and she grew up picking cotton. Wow. And the kids were like, wait, what? <laughs> because when they think picking cotton, they're thinking, you know, that had to end during slavery after slavery was over, right? You no, know, people were still picking cotton. People still pick cotton today. And she mentioned that um, she showed them her birth certificate. And on her birth certificate, it shows the town she was born in that she was, her parents gave birth to her in, but it's different from the town that she claimed as her hometown. And the reason why is because they had to go two counties over for her to be born in a hospital. Cause that was the nearest place where Negroes could be, be born in hospitals. So she didn't, you know, her parents didn't want to have a home birth. And that way she could be registered with the state, right? Yeah. And so that was only 54 years ago. And it was an aha moment for me because I realized that, yes, I understand the depths of segregation, but just understanding how you had to, in order to be even have the, the, the natural ability to be born in a hospital, you had to go two counties over. Mm. That's, it's, it's wild in the 1960s in North Carolina. And so that is not that far removed from us. It's good for the kids to see that. Another one of the things that we did, and we're talking about these oral traditions, we talked about how important the oral tradition is to African culture, but for their springs, um, for their fall final, I had them do an oral history project. We had just talked about the great migration and 
because we're here in Colleen, most of these kids are not, their families are not from the Colleen area. They migrated here from somewhere else. And so I had them talk to older members of their families and ask them about their migration stories. And they found out so much information that they would never have known just from a casual conversation. And it just expanded their knowledge of their families. They heard some awesome stories. It was just, they were so excited to come back and share those things with us. And so I feel as though this class is, is, is a liberatory pedagogy. Mm. It's, freeing, it's freeing them in ways that they can't even imagine. And I'm hoping that what they're learning about themselves and what they're learning about the history sticks with them and informs their future, gives them a sense of pride, a sense of um, fulfillment, a sense of enlightenment, so they can go on and make all these great decisions in their futures. Absolutely. And so I know a lot of people have been advocating for this type of history course um, the last couple of years. Um, what are a couple of reasons um, that you would say, I know you've taught US history, but why this course is so important. And I also want you to give some information on the podcast that your students are also sharing um, their or through oral tradition, right? Um, yeah. More about that. Okay, well, I'll start with that. Um, so the kids are always anxious, like we, we end up having these wonderful in-depth conversations about things that they hear in the news or just something that they've talked about, they've seen on social media and they're like, well, where does that come from? And so I said, well, why don't we do a podcast, we take something that you guys are interested in, some sort of modern um, news story or something that's happened recently. And then we trace the history of that. And so they call it KHS Presents the Pushback and it's on Spotify. And what they, the first episode that they did is they, we were listening, we were talking about um, resistance, slave resistance. And we watched a clip where Kanye West was on TMZ. And he made a statement that slavery for 400 years must have been a choice. And they were incensed by that. <laughs> they were so angry that he could say that even they knew better, right? And so what we did was we, I gave them a, a task to research resistance, slave resistance. And they found all these different categories of resistance, big and small, things like, um, of course there were the rebellions, but there was also sabotage. There was um, poison, there was suicide, there was murder, there was um, running away, of course. And then some women took over their own reproduction by you know, stopping themselves from being able to have babies to sabotage their master's plans for um, reproducing more stock, right? And so after they did all of that research, they put together their first episode on the podcast and it was fantastic. So this next one that they're working on, their next episode is going to be about um, black hair. So we've been talking about why is this such a big deal about how your hair comes naturally out of your head. <laughs> and so they researched the Tignon laws in Louisiana um, where it was literally illegal for black women to wear their hair out. Um, and they are relating it to the Crown Act. And then to some of the, you know, discrimination that they've seen and read about in the news lately. So 
they're having a great time with it and, it, and it's totally their choice. So whenever they choose what it is they want to talk about, then we, we start talking about the history. I give them the resources to go and research that stuff. And then they either do a round table or they do a, I'm going to, you know, do a segment on what it is that I'm learning. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And but I, I advocate for this course for a lot of reasons. One is that it's, it's long overdue, um, that Black history is taught as American history. And how do we see progress without exploring our tortured past that created this progress that we're experiencing? And yes, we still have a long way to go, but there has been some progress. So we know that our white students see themselves in the curriculum. They see Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Susan B. Anthony, and all these people. Um, so we have to be more inclusive to show how all of our people have contributed to our country's greatness from colonialism all the way to present. I think um, we have to get beyond the sphere of um, approaching the hard things. And we, have, we can't continue to ignore the past because that's why we're where we are now. So if we can reconcile that past, then we can have a brighter future that, that's of love and understanding and of community. We can build on that. And it's too showing and decentralizing that history is from the dominant culture, you know, right. that it's not just this one sided view that we all have to conform to, but there are stories represented and America is this great land that many people, the hopes and dreams, uh, many people have died and sacrificed and, right. and, and lived to kind of uphold that American dream. And yeah. so when we understand the stories of everyone at the table, we start seeing how different decisions throughout history have impacted people differently, how different policies, and we start understanding where that came from, where, yeah. you know, and being able to trace that back so that now in the era of saying, you know, let's embrace diversity, uh, let's talk about equity, let's be more inclusive. We have to really, like you said, reconcile some of those things and understand where we were and mm -hmm. under to, in order to really see where we're trying to go. What's our next step? How can we bring people together after there's been so many, um, uh, so much social unrest? Because I think it's too about looking at the heart of and the mindset, shifting that and looking at people through a lens of dignity and respect and humanity, you know, um, and that's where we have to really start in history. When you teach it the right way, it brings about this humanity side where students can begin to think critically about all these different topics that have happened right. um, and see themselves that makes it more relevant, right? Their stories represent. So we're at a crisis point, I think, right now in our nation with this. Um, this idea that facts don't matter or that the, that critical thinking is missing in a lot of the dialogue that we hear on the news and you know it led people to do things that they probably never would have thought themselves capable of doing to go and attack our nation's capital because of falsehoods on the internet we've got to teach people to think more critically how can they believe some of these things that they're reading you know, we know that there are implicit biases, but there has to be common sense too. And so when, we, when you say critical thinking, that is so very important. You know, this class, what we teach them, how to, how to think about what it is there, all this information that's being thrown at them. You know, we didn't have 
access to this kind of information like they did. So we have to teach them how to handle that. And the 24 hour news cycle and the uh, social media, understanding what is a good source, what's not a good source, what's real information, what's not good information. How are you being told the truth or how is the truth being manipulated? We have to help them be able to, to interrogate those sources in a, in a way. And that's what history, that's what teaching history is all about. Interrogate those sources. We interrogate primary sources. We ask, well, why did you say that? What was happening when you said that? How does that color what you said? You know? And so they are learning those skills and it's gonna, it's gonna give them so much, empower them so much as they move into their adulthood. They'll be able to make such critical decisions in their lives about who to vote for, what kind of house to buy, <laughs> you know? Um, what do I do in my career? All those things are informed by these skills that we're teaching them. Absolutely. And I know even as being in the classroom and teaching U.S. history myself, sometimes you look back and like at my mom's generation and she went through like civil rights movement. And then, you know, it's like things got better and relative as you compare to the, you know, 70s, 80s. It's like, okay, things weren't as bad relative to the 50s, 60s, and beyond. And so as we've moved forward, I feel like a lot of people have gotten comfortable. History has gotten very, um, very approachable and digestible so that everybody feels happy about the things in the past. And so now when teaching, you know, formally, I would kind of talk to students about like, what are you fighting for? What, 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 is the struggle, you know, and some of them are like, we don't have struggles, like everything's great, you know, <laughs> they may have never been discriminated against or had prejudice or things like that. So now, especially with the national narrative with George Floyd and last year that kind of sparked, you know, now you even see COVID-19 disproportionately impacting communities. We've got to have a conversation about why is that? Why is this happening? You know, it didn't just happen this way. It wasn't, you know, it's by design sometimes. And we have to start understanding how we can, um, how we can make a difference, what we can do individually, what we can do in our communities and what we can do even with our votes to get active, to be a part of the process versus sitting on the sidelines thinking, you know, this doesn't involve me. I'm not impacted by it because we all are, whether directly or indirectly or at some point, um, even though we haven't experienced it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's right. happening somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you asked what I would encourage your listeners to do. I would encourage your listeners to read. Get out there and read some of these fantastic books. Watch some of these documentaries that are being produced. Um, this is the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa massacre. The city of Tulsa had hidden that history for so long that people who grew up there had no idea what happened. And so, you know, we're, we're honoring those people, we're honoring what happened there. And I think it's important that we read about what's happening, we watch these documentaries, we talk to our neighbors, we get out there and talk to people about their lived experiences, and we engage with each other, like you said, as human beings. Because the more you inform yourself, the more knowledge you have, the more you engage with this content, with this history, the more you can pass that on. 
And so whether you are a black person or a white person, we have the, it doesn't have to be in my history class. It doesn't have to be in any history class that you teach this information, that you share this information with your, with your children. If you are a teacher who's interested in teaching this content, I highly encourage, highly encourage taking the um, master's program through Pace University. You can do the degreed or non-degreed route, but this is where I've learned so much of, of the information I've gained in the last couple of years is because you get access to these amazing historians and you, you can take lives, classes like the lives of the enslaved or black women's history or a class on Frederick Douglass. And in, for, in 12 weeks, you have gained more information that you could even imagine that, you know, I had no idea that Rosa Parks investigated sexual assaults mm -hmm. in the NAACP, you know? We always think about her as being prolific for the Montgomery bus boycott, but she was so much more than that. And so it's through these classes that I'm learning these things because I've been given this wonderful information to read and engage in. And so I really encourage people to start uh, reading and getting involved with the content. Absolutely. And I think more of that creates connections to stories, community, yes. and it also humanizes people so that we can really break down some of these barriers that um, have been put up, whether we're, they're visible or invisible. Um, it's a way for them to start coming down um, yeah. and create some unity uh, within our communities. So Absolutely. thank you so much for um, chatting with us, sharing with the listeners the importance of the African-American history course um, that is going into its second year teaching. I know it's impacting so many lives of students um, and enlightening them to also go create a legacy of their own, to That's share right. their stories um, right. and be a light, uh, just like Amanda uh, said at the inauguration. To be brave enough to be that light because they're part of that story so thank you so much well thank you and i do want to give a shout out to dallas isd and houston isd because they piloted these classes prior to the passage of the by the tea of the standardized course so um you know the work has they've been they've been they're the ones who were kind of on the forefront of getting this this ball rolling and um so i, I appreciate that work and I appreciate that pressure being put on our state legislators and, and the people involved in education to um, see this as something that's very important and, and, and necessary. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Take care. Wow. What a profound interview and podcast with Miss Kina Cook. She is allowing students' stories to show up in the classroom, and she's teaching African-American history, a huge step in the right direction to close the gaps and change the narrative. Be sure to check out her students' podcast where they're integrating their own stories through oral tradition. So there's so much to learn here, so much to dive into, and so much impact is being made on that campus through that course. So thank you, Miss Cook, and to all the educators who are doing your thing every single day to make a difference. You matter and continue breaking barriers. I am finally telling my story and want to empower others to do the same. 
Tune in each week to my podcast where we identify, implement, and inspire with an eye on equity as we make the world brighter, kinder, and a safer space for all to be the best versions of themselves. So buckle up for courageous conversations and insights to help close the gap and change the narrative on the road to equity.